Welcome, welcome. We are live here on the Carl Vibe podcast, and today I have a really cool guest, a return guest, Daz Smith, a professional remote viewer who was recently surprised and tasked with something very interesting, uh, the Nimitz encounter with the Tic Tac UFO off the coast of, of San Diego. This is a, a, a really hot button uh, topic. So many people have discussed this tic-tac-toe, tic-tac sighting uh, off the coast of California because it's been all over the news. It's been in documentaries now, uh, so many different shows. Everybody's really familiar with it. It's all over uh, UFO Twitter. Everybody wants to know what this is. Is it a drone? Uh, is it an experimental craft? Is it extraterrestrial craft? And so everybody has different theories. Everybody has done a ton of different analysis on it, but it's very rare that you have a professional remote viewer, uh, someone who is trained and has a high level of accuracy and credibility, who was uh, double blind tasked to remote view the Nimitz encounter with the Tic Tac UFOs to find out what happened. What are the craft made of? Are they craft? Uh, are they being piloted? And what are they up to? So today we're going to actually dig into that remote viewing session with Daz Smith himself and go ahead and bring him on board to the show. Uh, welcome, uh, Daz. I'm so glad to have you back. Uh, we started talking before we even went live and almost forgot to go live because I got a million questions for you. So thanks so much for coming back on the show, Daz. Yeah, it's awesome. It's uh, great to be back. We always have a we always have a good chat, so it's great to be here. Uh, yeah, definitely. And you know, in the last time we talked, I am so fascinated with the topic of remote viewing, uh, just the aspects of it, uh, not only with what it, the involvement that it has to do with the topic of UFOs and the paranormal and mysteries and things like that, but what it has to say about us as as humans and human consciousness and our relationship with reality. That's kind of where I came into it was that meditative side. So if people are really curious about how remote viewing works and kind of the technical aspects of it, Daz and I have already gone through a really detailed conversation and interview. I've also interviewed Paul Smith, who's an instructor of remote viewing as well. Mm -hmm. And so you guys can go uh, check out the links and, and learn more about remote viewing. But today we're going to do something really special, and Daz and I are going to talk about this Tic Tac UFO. So, Daz, you've been super interested in UFOs basically your whole life as well, but yes. you don't always get to pick what you're tasked to remote view. So, you've have you been just like waiting for this one to come up? Oh yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we you know this one's been in the news for what was it two uh, probably two going on three years now. So I've been yeah I've been waiting for this one. It's been on my list, and it's on my list of tasks that I'd like to task other remote viewers to look at as well so yeah it was pretty awesome to to, to get you know get this one tasked with us. and literally it's you know hot off the press we only had the feedback on it literally two days ago so yeah, yeah. it's all new so when you guys are tasked with this you're it's not just you uh that does it there's a whole team of you how many Correct. people were uh specifically tasked with this one on uh this was done in my uh private uh kind of rv group of uh, of a few people we only have a few select people in there people that i can trust and that have experience um so we had a a tasker on this carl uh she tasked the target and we had uh four remote viewers work this uh in the on this occasion nice i see uh niam is in the comments he's from uh, farsight institute as well right he he was one of the viewers on on the project so yeah uh 
If you cool. want to maybe ask him a few questions as well, I'm sure he'll, he'll, he'll share what he got. Nice to have you over in the comments there. Uh, so yeah, so we'll get a, maybe a second perspective. So you just recently got to review everybody else's uh, results yes. as well off of yep. this encounter. Um, and so is that going to be coming out soon? Everybody can check that out. Yeah, we we literally uh, a few hours back, Naeem, myself, and uh, a few others met up, and we went through. The, uh, that was the first time I saw all their data as well, which was, uh, you know, for a remote viewer, that's an awesome time to see that other people got the same stuff as you got, and also to see the new stuff that they got. Um, yeah, so I saw that a few hours ago, and we're going to be putting that out as a video sometime later this week. With uh, we've all agreed as well to release all the paper remote viewing sessions from all the remote viewers as well. So they'll get to see all the raw data. Awesome. Because yeah, that's what's so amazing and rare about what's happening in this remote viewing movement uh, right now is because you've got enough people now working together in this topic where you're getting the feedback and the professional uh, atmosphere is sort of emerging in this environment where you guys are getting confident, where it used to be something where everybody treated it like, uh, I, I don't want to do it. You know, Joe, Joe McMonagall was like one of the few people who went on TV and would do remote viewing sessions, you know, live and stuff. And, and the courage that it would take to like put your abilities to the test because it's, you just don't know if it's going to yep. come back. But the fact that you guys can share it together, that we have the technology today to be able to do that, you know, live yep. and, and, and test your results and track it and compare. So you guys got tasked with this, one and then you're able to come back independently afterwards and compare your results uh so did everything was it interesting did it match up or is there it was very interesting because and what we find within remote viewing especially when you work within a small group is that there's some kind of mechanism and we don't know how this works it might just be by chance but i don't believe so because i see it happen so much um but we see this kind of phenomenon happen that the target seems to be almost cut up perfectly between the different remote viewers so one remote viewer will seem to be focus on one point and another one will focus on another area and so on and so uh, but you will get a general overlap in the middle but you also have each remote viewer generally looking at a separate part uh, and I, I i still don't know how that works but it's it's genius to watch when you when you all get together for the first time you're sat around and you're all going for the data and you're all just sat there with open mouths going because it's just just it wasn't especially on a case like this because um a lot of esoteric cases don't have i say don't have sufficient feedback and feedback is very important in remote viewing right because if you don't have sufficient feedback then you can't check the data to see how accurate it was but we're lucky in this case in that we have the you know we have the video films now and we have the witness testimonies from all the pilots and even the observers on the ships so that you know that alone is a real good data in a ufo case that's that's quite rare Right. So you have multiple aspects. You have like Kevin Day, his, his testimony as the radar operator. You've got like yes. Sean Cahill, who literally is like on the deck looking at these things with binoculars with his own eyes and watching their behavior. You've got uh, Alex Dietrich, Chad Underwood. You've got a whole spectrum of professionals, pilots, military, yes. Navy personnel. And then on the other side of that, you've got professional uh, remote viewers like you yes. and your team all independently tasked and now all you guys get is what so what did you get on this tasking was it just like a set of numbers or was it like a 
Yeah, you've got it on the on the document I sent you. I can't remember what the number was, to be honest, uh, off the top of my head. But it literally was just a number. Uh, on the, in this case, it was uh, the number HF twenty one dash one zero one seven. That's a big bit long for me, so I always en- only end up using the uh, the last four characters. So I I literally just used the, the numbers one zero one seven. That's all I had on this. So you basically went off. Everybody went off of those same. Four yes. digits then, and so they they get the HF two one dash one zero seven one. Yes, yes. The, the and to be honest, you know the eight the eight digits like that are a, uh, they're a remnant from when this was a uh, a tool used by the you know, the American Ministry for spying, and they originally started off they were using actual real coordinates. Right. Uh, which had which had the the eight the eight digits or the eight characters, so that's why we you know that's a legacy thing really. I mean, in reality, right. we don't need anything. You could just tell us to go go get the target, and we can do right. it. But it's good to have a number for admin purposes, so we can yeah. call a project by. And it makes yeah. sense when you get an esoteric target or something in a different time period or something that the you wouldn't want to necessarily use coordinates. And I rem- it seems like I remembered Joe McMonagall talking about how when they were using coordinates that you'd get remote viewers that were doing sessions every day almost uh, you know all day like a full-time job so they'd almost get intuitive about where coordinates were and then they'd start to analytical overlay that it was a target in russia just based off of the numbers being actual so randomizing it almost adds that extra layer of validity that you even want you want to be as blind as possible so that when like you and and uh niam and everybody compare your results at the end when it comes back matching it's like you guys all got a different perspective of the incident like yes. somebody may have seen it from overhead view somebody saw it first person view somebody Absolutely. experienced it very inside from a technological perspective and somebody yes. else so you get all these different angles yes. and then at the end you compare that and it's like you layer that together and get the whole picture. And yeah, it builds a builds a really succinct picture. And I think uh, I don't know how the mechanism works, but I, I I believe it 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 works in some way based on who you are as a person in your life experiences uh, and carves mm-hmm. that what what piece you'll do based on 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 that. Really, I I don't again we don't know how it works, but it, you know we've done enough of these experiments now involving teams that this carving up process seems to be. To me, anyway, I, I believe it seems to be intelligently controlled. I don't know what that says about the process itself, because hmm. um, it almost, to me, makes me believe now that uh, the process behind remote viewing has some kind of consciousness to it, and that's a whole other question altogether, really. Right, like the in, the remote viewing conscious environment has sort of a mind, intuitive mind of its own and decides who gets to see what and in what order yeah. and how much, and then. And it does other things, or some kinds change changes it on you, and everything, right? Absolutely, it does other things as well. You you know you may be involved in experiments, and you may feel that you're coming to a conclusion where you know something absolutely perfectly because it's been explained to you through remote viewing, and then all of a sudden your next project will flip entirely on its head, almost as if there's a trickster there laughing at you, you know, saying, "Oh, you thought you got it, you haven't got it after all." That right. happens and, so much, and this is something that you hear all the time throughout history and even like encounters not to totally jump topics, but things like when you start talking about Skinwalker ranch and different things that becomes like this trickster entity or or being that can play both sides. So uh, not to jump ahead, but is that 
something that became apparent in this remote viewing session that maybe there's two sides to the not on this one system. just just in general in some of the work i'm doing uh in other projects uh for example you know and not just me but other people as well i've seen people you know for nearly two decades now um playing around with what we call arv or associative remote viewing and that's essentially where you have binary targets and you associate a or B, uh, A would be one outcome of a football game, B would be another. And then you say to the remote viewer, what am I going to show you as feedback? And then they're trying to predict what they'll get as feedback, which will be the outcome of the game. Um, that should be very doable. Um, but we're finding over the decades and tens of thousands of remote viewers working on this on many different groups that there seems to be some kind of trickster element in that as well. Um, and we just don't know what what's happening there to cause this this trickster element uh and it may uh, you know various things may be in play there I, I have a belief that it may be something to do with life goals and um hmm. just because just because i have you know the want myself to win 134 million on the euro millions lottery here in the uk maybe right. it's not part of my life goal to do that because if i did that i probably would never remote view again because i'd be traveling the world right so uh, yeah <laughs> yeah uh, i think I think there's a larger universe and consciousness involved here other than what we just want as, as people. Right. There seems to be like you can sort of as consciousness, we talk about manifestation and purpose and intent, yeah. but that seems to be sort of like setting your sail or turning a rudder in a much greater universal cosmic ocean Yes, that you're yeah. set, that you're sort of nestled within <laughs> yeah. that as a part just of. Yeah. yeah, just because we all want to win 100 million on a lottery and there are tens of thousands of remote viewers trying this over, you know, two, two decades. Um, I've, I only know of a very small handful of cases of people that have won the lottery and the largest amount I've heard of uh, being won was something like 125,000. So it's not the massively life-changing millions that's available. And you have to answer yourself the question, if there are tens of thousands of remote viewers trying this on a daily basis, why isn't one of them winning when us as remote viewers can nail other other targets fairly easily? Right, but I mean, you guys are kind of putting that to the test a little bit with uh, with your uh, crypto viewing, where you yes. guys are, you guys are yes. doing like cryptocurrency viewing and, and, and yeah. involved in that, and have a really high level of success. Just as a side tangent, anybody yes. that wants to go check that out that is in the cryptocurrency market uh, that is interested in this. Daz has a whole group of people that does remote viewing in the yep. cryptocurrency markets, and it's highly effective with a lot of uh, great results. So there, there yep. is something to that, but it is very new and, and experimental. And Naeem, who's here, uh, as you said, in, in in watching this at the moment, uh, he's also a, a a great part of that group as well. He's one of the great viewers in that group. Nice, yeah. And so there's something to do with the fact that you know there is going to be a, a near future outcome in the next 48 yes. hours where you're able to actually sort of see that because <clears throat> the near future outcomes are already sort of collapsing uh, as opposed yeah. to winning the lottery where you're just completely blind on some randomized outcome. It's totally Schrodinger's box, you know? It's strange. I don't know what, I don't, again, we know so little about the mechanism behind this. Um, yeah. We do well on crypto viewing targets, looking at crypto markets. Absolutely. Cause we're all making, you know, good income off of it. And so are, our subscribers because they tell us this you know i have a subscriber tell me you know you've made me 10x 10x my investment in a year right um 
but it seems that when we want to go out on sole greed, I, I have to call it greedy because I guess it is greedy purposes where we want a hundred million or we want we, you know, we want to win the lottery for insane amounts of money. Something happens at that stage that hinders or stops us, and I, I it happens so much that I can't believe it's chance. I can't believe it's chance that tens of thousands of remote viewers over two decades can't can't crack it. It's really interesting. And it seems to be like the same mystery that's gone on in ancient cultures forever ago. You see it echoed into the shamanistic practices and the oracles and different contact with the phenomenon and things uh, oftentimes goes one way and then becomes a trickster encounter and goes the other. Yes. Uh, Yes. It's really, really interesting. There's something definitely, have, and as you said, with the Skinwalker Ranch stuff as well, I've seen that reported quite a lot late, lately that there is some kind of yeah, consciousness interaction and what you bring to the ranch you take home with you kind of a thing. So I think that happens with remote viewing as well. There's this just this huge universe of, of stuff happening around us that we, 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 you know, we're playing with it. We have no idea what's going on there really, but, but it is fun to play with. Right. So you've been waiting a long time. Have you ever done any other UFO remote viewing uh, targets before? Or is this one of your first ones you've actually done? Uh, no, I've done quite a few over the years from Roswell, Area 51, Phoenix Lights, a couple of Adamski UFO cases I was given over the years as well. Rendlesham Forest. Um, yeah, I think that covers most of them, actually. Maybe a couple of other smaller events as well over over the past two decades, but not you know in in the grand grand scheme of things, probably UFO target wise, probably adding this one as well, probably about twelve out of tens of thousands of remote viewing sessions. So the percentage isn't you know massive, right? Because you don't get to pick like your task, whatever your task, and that yeah. comes up based on what somebody else is interested in. Usually, absolutely, yes. Yeah. So yeah. it it doesn't happen as much as it may look like out there. It's just that you know uh, the vast majority of the projects that I do, if they are boring, you don't you tend not to make YouTube videos about them because no one wants to see them. So it's so it may look like you know if you follow my YouTube channel, I've got four or five UFO videos on there. But that that's in reality, you know, it's, it's probably 10 or 12 targets over 24 year period that, that I've worked. Right. And a lot of times when you're tasked with a target, you'll revisit it uh, three or four times to complete an entire yes. session. Is uh, that true? Yeah. And we all did on this one. We started off with the tasker being adamant that we would only do uh, one paper session on this okay. uh, because, you know, they didn't want to be... Um, uh, classed as uh, maybe front loading us by seeing our data and then getting us to go back and get more information that you know they don't want to be uh, der- termed as uh, leading us in any way but uh, Carl saw saw the data and she said it was such amazing data and she wanted to know so much more that she felt obligated to send us back uh, to get more so you said to go dig deeper and yes. so uh, you did and then uh, so that's what we're going to look at now if you're cool with that we're going to go yep. ahead and pull up uh, yep. Go for it. These are your actual notes. So I've seen that's, you do it or do it. Yeah, on a that's dryer. all my remote viewing there. And it, in the beginning, it's got the uh, target details there were, that were given to me after I did the entire project. So I put them on the front. Okay. So I'll just go ahead and scroll down through and you can kind of navigate me as the narrator here. And I'll okay. probably have a million questions. And then we'll also uh, see if anybody has uh, questions in the comments section. I'll yep. pop pop them up on screen and we can field those as well as we go. So let's see, uh, as you were tasked with the Tic Tac UFO incident, 
what you saw. So you had no idea going into this. You just see this HF21 1017 number, and then you yeah, get into this, this yep. uh, meditative, uh, intuitive state of mind, and off you go. Yeah, and to be honest, I don't really go into a state of mind. I just, you just sit down at a table with a coffee and a pen and just uh, – actually, it's not even a pen now because I do it all on the tablet. I, so it's a tablet and a coffee, and I just do it with my headphones on. Gotcha. Okay, so very casual then. You're not even really having to go through a, like a whole nope. setup or anything. No, I just spend this, I just spend literally a minute saying, okay, you know, just trying to relax myself, saying, okay, you know, I got to do this. I got, and I, how can I have a personal mantra that I say to myself, you know, I can do this. I got to get the information that the tasker needs. Uh, so, so you know, just try to put everything aside and let, and literally say to myself, right, let's just get to it, and then pe- put pen to paper and go. Okay, so this stuff initially that we're going to see on screen, this uh, am I to take this as this is what was the the target was that was that was what the ta- yes that was what Carl uh, wrote down as the target, and we like to write it down on a sheet of paper at some point because you know that's what we uh, essentially uh, will uh, assess accuracy against, which is you know what she wanted us to go out and get. So that's that's what she wanted us to get, and the, that was the feedback which everyone has seen the you know the video the Nimitz video of the, the UFO in the in the FLIR camera there. Okay. So now you get your initial, initial, uh, you start to write down the four numbers and then. Yeah. And as you can see at the top there, uh, out of the eight digits, I only use the last one. So I wrote down that their targets from how far and it's one zero one seven. Um, and then underneath, I just write how I'm feeling on the day. And then, you know, I've got some chronic illnesses. Uh, so on the day I was actually in pain and it's very hard to do remote viewing, or anything when you when you're feeling hungry or thirsty or you need the loo or if you've got pain because you know that seems to be something that sticks in your head but you know i as it's a you know it's a job for me and i have to do this i, I tend to have to work through things when i when i got you know things so like I'm, really, I'm really fascinated with this even with just like your methodology of how you take the notes and write it down i'm really kind of like self teaching myself and now you're hooking me into all this I, yeah where, well, where you put your notes and all that's really fascinating sure. to the, me as well and yeah. it's very what i use i use a method called crv controlled remote viewing and it's very structured in that everything you see it on the page has its place on the page and you have to put things in in those pages like at the top there you know i've got the details like the page number the date right. i started in the top right uh, the time i started and it's got all these details you know just in case we might want to go back at some point and see okay, if I was accurate or if I was inaccurate, was there any sun, sunspot activity or was the moon out? You know, all that. So we record all the time, date, and everything there so that everything's down on the page. And for future reference, as this evolves, you know, 40, 50 years from now, these types of notes, I know, I'm sure like if these sort of details were in Ingo Swan's early notes, it would be hugely beneficial. You they know, are, if it was yes. really, they are, yeah, if that was all yeah, they are. in there, yeah. it would be really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you start, you get to number seven and then. Yeah. And this is what we call an ideogram and the pen doesn't leave the, uh, the last digit you write and you almost let your hand move spontaneously into what we call a gestalt. So it tries to condense all the information about the target into these very basic forms. And on this one for me, it had uh, two parts and you know, the motion of the pen was down in circles up and across uh, the target felt soft and then under the B thing here, I wrote that it was it, this was all about energy, uh, movement or motion, and it was smooth and, and it was slow. And then I had an AOL there, which is your mind coming in with a guess. So once your mind starts to see these clusters of information, because it wants to please yourself and the, ta- and the tasker, it jumps right. to conclusions, which we call AOLs. 
and we always mark them on the right hand side and at this stage because i saw this energy that was moving uh it felt like it was above ground because uh, i was a guess i just write that there uh, above ground yeah your subconscious wants to constantly play wheel of fortune and be like yes i'll, I'll take yes. an a i'll take a this and you try it's trying to guess the answer the entire time absolutely and it yes. totally clouds what's right in front of you actually going on uh so yeah this reminds me so much of the the roswell energy woof when you did that one kind of the yeah. spiral energy coming down You'll see a lot more of that in a minute, yes. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. And at the bottom there, it just says, feels wispy, like I'm like thin clouds. So it felt, you know, already I'm seeing something that's happening in, in the sky. Okay. And you already wrote AOL, this is above the ground. Yes. So yeah. Okay. Page so I move two. on the page two, and I do the same again. So I write 1017 and instantly move into a pen automatic diagram. And here is clearly, because my ideograms are very visual. So my ideograms kind of are quite an interpretive of, what it would look like if you were at the target. And here you can clearly see something that's in a downward spiral motion. Hmm. Uh, and that's what I wrote there. Something's spiraling downwards. Uh, there's a soft movement. It's glowing soft in motion uh, above to below. Uh, and I got AOL sky. So I felt that it was definitely in the sky here. Right. Okay. And then this is another repeat here. Yeah. Ooh, me okay. doing a repeat again there. Uh, again, slightly different drawing here with a bit more detail. So you can see something in oh. a downward motion. But then there's a B thing at the end of it. Uh, yeah, now all of a sudden out here at the end of the point, you've got like, uh-oh. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> I got the A motion, and A is the motion, so that's the motion that was controlled flowing, and it was obviously downwards. Then B is an object, and it was glowing and small, which instantly made me think, oh, hang on, a small glowing object that's moving in the sky, that's got to be a UFO. So that's why I had the guess there. Okay. But well, in this case, also you're really good at what you do, Daz. I know that's an AOL, but I mean, it is that is what this is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, in this case, I've actually sometimes AOLs kind of match the target, but there's a lot of wrong information. In this case, the AOL 100% match the what the what the target is. Yeah. So fascinating. Okay, so we're already getting pertinent information that matches the target. That's yeah. already already lining up, and now we're starting going to start narrowing in. Here. And because on the, my last bit of the previous page, I was talking about an object. Uh, when I did the numbers here, the one hundred one seven, I guess I had it in mind for, for object. And I, here, my you can see my line has changed now. It's very angular now with straight lines and corners. When I get that, that indicates to me that there's some kind of actual man-made structure involved. Mm. Um, so I'm looking at a structure now, which is complex. It's layered. It's got a layered arrangement. It's got an esoteric uh, metallic feel to it. Uh, and when, as soon as I wrote the word metallic, I had an AOL of, it felt, you know, it looked gold or bronzy color. Mm. Um, felt like it was glowing, full of energy, exotic, and it had an alive feel to this. Uh, and then that alive feel to the metal made me think uh, of an AI. That's why I wrote that as an AOL. I would like to mention that uh, Commander... Fravor, when he first saw the Tic Tac UFO above the water, when it was hovering above the surface of the ocean, he described it moving in a, a cross pattern going uh -huh. nor north, south, east, west, north, south, east, west, like a ping pong ball being shook in a mason jar, just going ding, 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 like yeah. super fast, yeah. uh, which is immediately what I thought of was just kind of the emotion of the object, yep. uh, just the energetic sensation of the object but yeah that's very interesting yeah so then you know doing the number again there getting the ideogram as you can see 
It's like clearly motion in a downwards with a little object thing on the end of it. Uh, and I wrote there, it's an object. It's white, glowing, small, opaque. Uh, and then if you scroll down a bit more, uh, yeah, I've got there. It's a guided motion movement, uh, and it feels mind-driven. Uh, mm. And then I got the word intention. So the intention of the person using their mind was driving this. Like so clearly right now, control. I know it is not a... Even though I'm not meant to be thinking about this, just by that data alone, you can't. You can kind of come to a deduction that it's not. It's not like a, you know, a, a seven three seven or something. Right. Yeah, you're onto something different here. Yeah. Yeah. Again, spiraling motion downward, and there, and I got downwards movement, spiraling motion, which you know, just hearing that, seeing that alone come through, that gave me in the AOL crash event, and it wasn't a crash event or that we know of, but. We don't know all the details of this case, but yeah, this felt, and this is where I start to get the feeling that this was a past event. So it was past from me. Right. Okay. Uh, now we move into a different part of uh, my CRV structure. And this is where I list uh, sensory details. So a is sound auditory. So that's like whoosh, whirling, screeching sound. T1 is texture. So it was hard and smooth. And then that made me think of metal. So that's why I got the AOL there of metal. T2 is temperatures for me, so that's warm uh, and cold at the same time. Then for V for visuals, I had colors, which were blue, white, and gray. Hmm. Luminescence was bright, and the contrast was very high. Then T3 was taste, so that it tasted of sulfur. Uh, uh, and the O is olfactory, which is smell, and that made me feel smoke, which in both those together instantly made me feel that this was had an electrical feel to it. That's why I had the AOL of electrical there. Yeah, it's like that ozone electrical. Yeah, absolutely kind of like, ozone-y kind of smell. That's perfect for it. Like those old race cars when you were a kid that went on the track and you'd yeah that smell that would come off the track. Absolutely, know? just like that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Underneath that, uh, we have uh, ease, which is energies for me, and so I have vibration force. And interestingly, on this, even though none of it's reported, but the other viewers had stuff that would corroborate this because they had. Uh, uh, stuff involving humans and, and abductions and maybe manipulation. I had death there with a, but I had a question mark behind it, so that made me you know wonder if where that fit in because I didn't know where that fit in right now. On okay, the maybe SUV, we'll, there, maybe we'll come back to that in a little bit, like some of what the other remote viewers saw. But that it, sure, yeah, that relates to that. That's really interesting. Go ahead. On sorry. the SUV, there, that's kind of short for me from subspace, and I stole that kind of from partly from uh farsight uh many years ago and added it added it within my my methodology and i had some kind of feel that like it felt a bit like angels but again i question mark this so in reality it felt like there were spiritual beings involved but i didn't know what they were at this stage so that's yeah that's why the question marks are fascinating slightly below this we're starting to talk about very basic dimensions here so dimensions then horizontal and that was up and down vertical was descent and diagonal i drew, drew a thing i had like a really big drop for diagonal right okay um, under mass density space and volume uh, i had open contained and i think i worked wrote, wrote, wrote shell there um that's what it looks like to me yeah shell. yeah sometimes i can't read my own writing to be honest because in rv we do it so fast it's uh hard to tell and my AI, which means how, what I'm thinking internally about this at this stage, uh, I was just interested. I thought I was there kind of thinking, oh, yeah, this is this is really interesting. I, I, I want to know more about this. So mass, density, size, volume. The mass yes. to you felt open. The density yes. and everything, it felt open but also contained, which is like yes. this 
within space, a shell, like spatial, dimensional, or yeah. Something, so, or? so I guess the the overall location was very open, but then there was this contained shell type thing there within this open space. Mm. I've heard so many times about people who claim they've been on board these craft to live through it or whatever, where they seem like they they recount like they've been on. And you, once you're inside, you can see out like it's there's not even any walls. I've like heard it's that, completely yes. like an open space, but yes. you're still inside this container or within yes. the ship. If you're outside of it, you can see the ship, but inside it just looks like a, yes. an, o- an yeah. open floor. Yeah, very interesting if that's applicable. Uh, so on this next page, we're moving to another new stage within uh, the CRV process. So before it, we were on sensory data, you know, what you would feel if you touched, tasted it and all that kind of stuff. Now we're moving to what we call stage three, and that's why it's got the S3 at the top. And stage three and what I do is all about sketching the target. Hmm. So I start this off by giving myself a movement command, and that's why the words are in brackets at the top. Okay. So I'm saying to myself, okay, now move to... Uh, move to then sketch and describe the target only so i'm saying to myself forget everything else only only sketch this target this is almost like a computer control command to your subconscious like okay shifting yes. shifting gears now go into gear absolutely three. that's exactly okay. what it's about and you you can use many of these and you'll see some others i, I use later it's almost like you use it to keep yourself focused on track and also to investigate and get more data yes Cool. So, you know, after doing this, I did the 10117 again, and I, it's not much of a sketch here at the moment, but I had this downwards direction, and then I had a breakup, descent, plummet, and, you know, and of course, I had an AOL here of it's dropping like a stone kind of thing. Mm. And then I go into the sketch, and I had this cylindrical kind of object, which I wrote there, it's white, it's cylindrical, it's form shape, uh, and I got the AOS, AOL a capsule, because it, you know, essentially looked like a a, a pill at this stage, a capsule pill. So, okay. So already I just want to pause for everybody watching this and remind you that at the beginning of this, when you sit down in front of your tablet and begin this process, all you have is the code, the numbers yes. at the beginning and no idea if it has to do with the John F. Kennedy assassination or mm-hmm. a, a missing person or some lost Aztec treasure you have yeah. no idea, and but it actually we, was the Tic Tac incident, and, yeah. and we're already we're only on page what 10, 11, and you've got white cylinder shaped capsule in the air, and you're drawing yeah. the thing. So yeah, that yeah. always blows my mind, man. It's yeah, it, it still blows our mind, and as I said, I've been doing this. I'm going on twenty five years now, and every time we do it, like today when I met up with the guys and saw all their data, not just mine, but seeing theirs as well, it's just like. Wow, this is this this is still mind blowing even now after twenty five years. That's so awesome. So okay, because you you have to yeah. think to yourself when and you'll see it when when you see some of the data later. Uh, when we're doing this as remote viewers, are we are we having conversations in contact with these life forms, these beings, and these ships as we're doing it? I think we do. I think there's a there's definitely an interaction happening there. So when you're sat there to yourself, you're thinking, "Holy shit!" You know, me and my friends just experience the tic tac ufo in real you know in real time kind of and went inside it looked around it tried to understand what they were doing when they're interacting with us on on earth yeah it's mind-blowing at times to think about the kind of things you do it, it 
Can I, uh, okay, I'm going to share something with you and, and maybe it, it will come up. <laughs> this is really funny. I had a moment the first time that I saw the Tic Tac footage uh, on the internet, it popped up. And when I, when I saw the footage, I had a really strange experience where um, I got, you know, when you get imagining something and visualizing it, of course you do. I got really sucked into the visualization to where it was like I almost saw the entire experience or was imagining it as if I was the Tic Tac itself, like flying through it. And after it was over, I kind of came back out of it weirdly like, whoa, that was very strange. Like as a, I almost like fell into a meditation just in watching this video about this weird UFO incident. And it's really a, kind of obsessed me ever since. Like I've, I've been like really fascinated with it. But there is like an interaction with these remote viewing yeah. sessions or meditations where there's something on the other side of it that seems either capable of noticing or interacting when you start uh, getting involved. Is that yes. kind of what you're talking about, Daz? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, okay. And, you know, that's that's amazing thing. You know, bear in mind as well that the incident happened. What was it? Uh, 2004. So. Right. We're almost yeah. You know, again, you know, we're we're not only explorers doing this, but we're also time travelers, as it says. Or you know, you could look at it this way: when the incident happened in two thousand and four, was it already preordained that me and these guys would be remote viewing it, and we were there in two thousand and four, but we didn't know it yet? Right. I, I actually, after the experience, I actually got off my phone and I I showed it to my wife at the time. And I said, this is going to sound crazy, but I almost feel like I was part of that or like I was, I, I was, I did something there and it makes me nervous. And it weirded me out for a couple of days. Like I was like, was that me? Was that Tic Tac? Was I meditating? Yeah. Did I manifest something? But I feel like that was, I was experiencing what you're describing. Maybe. Well, strangely, because I've just done this, you know, this RV session, and we'll go through my because I did this three times. I went back to this same thing within this RV session. Um, the session okay. two talks about how the whole event would be a spiritual awakening for a lot of people on the planet, and I think that's probably what you were going through, which is you know, the data I recorded was was, and I think I believe I've seen that. I think believe we've all seen this, you know since this all these videos have come out and the the american military come forward saying okay yeah this stuff happened i think the consciousness of people has shifted a gear in relation to uh the validity of ufos and and other other beings now i think things have changed i i even at the time daz i think i even have it in a box i painted a i painted a picture of it so of the meditation i did when i had it so we'll We'll see. It'll be really weird. I'll if I get off. You might whip that one out then. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have to pull that out here in a second because. Okay. Really so this is just me exploring a bit more there, and then okay. you can see that because at the top of the page, I've wrote my instruction. I just wrote, "Okay, I want more." Right. Um. So that you know, you can see the picture is in a bit more detail now because it's got a back end to it, and I've marked it. I've annotated right. it with A and B because I wanted to find out what the A was, and the A is just open code air, which is moving and it's high and it's spacious. The B itself is a hard man-made, curved, long, metallic, vibrating, buffering the air uh, and frictions. Uh, but I also wrote there that this feels wrong. The angle of motion didn't feel, did not feel controlled. I don't know what I mean by that. It just didn't feel like it was moving like like a normal plane type thing would move. I think. 
like maybe not analog or something in a weird yes way. and weirdly right at the bottom there i wrote a note to myself part of me wants to start to make this into a plane sketch mm. i now know why because we all see now know now that i have feedback of course we, and we all know that, that it wasn't just a ufo object that it was it flying in the skies there were there were jets there as well so i think i was starting at this stage to pick up that there were also planes in the air as well that's why i was thinking all oh, i want to write a plane here as well mm. it's also interesting that the tic tac resembles like the fuselage of a plane without any it does wings as well too. Yes. so i could totally see that like and yes. you've got the aol of being missile like which i could totally see yeah. And I was worried here at the top of page 10 that I might be going off on a tangent with imagination. So I wrote there in case I am AOLing, which is imagination, move to my first ideogram and, and then sketch it from that. And you know, my first one was about motion. So you can see I've done a motion thing there. Mm. And I've just got words like motion, movement, and an expression of energy. It's flowing, gliding feel to it, soft flowing in a controlled movement. Uh, this is highly energetic and it dissipates. And this is a vehicle because I've got AOL of a vehicle here. Hmm. And then at the bottom there, I've got this other little sketch and I wrote a uh, falling leaf motion. And anyone that's into UFOs, they know that, uh, or it was reported more in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, that they tend when they move to move in what we call a falling leaf motion. Which is where the name flying saucer came from uh, as the original description of how they moved through the air, which was like a saucer skipping across the water or like a dish. Yes. And then the name flying saucer stuck that way. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So on page 11 here, I give myself another movement. I say, okay, now move directly in front of the target and sketch it. Um, and then this generates this data. So I have this, you know, moving ball here. Uh, mm -hmm. I wrote there, this looks man-made. It's structural. It's circular or curved. And then I also have this other thing here. I have a cockpit of a plane. I also feel like, yeah, and I wrote cockpit. So I'm starting to feel that there are actually, you know, there's, there's a, a weird object, but there's also proper conventional, uh, flying objects in, in in the sky as well at the stage so it's kind of like you're getting glimpses of not only the tic tac but then the uh maybe yes. commander fravor the nose of his cockpit or something absolutely yes yes so again we move on to the next page here and i do another sketch uh and you can see there's a downwards motion there and it looks like the tic tac object uh and i place myself somewhere in the sky so and uh, i'm the x there and i place myself uh and if I was there in 3D, it would always be like I'm here in the sky and then the object goes whoosh, and whizzes past me at high speed. And that's what I wrote there. So uh, I feel if I'm up high over water, and this is the first time I mentioned in over water as well. It's an open space. There's cloud and there's skies. And there's a structured man-made hurtle, a structured man-made hurtles past at great speed. It's noisy because it's moving the air and it's vibrating. And I sense and I, I'm experience I feel like I'm gonna experience a crash event because it's moving downwards so fast. At what, at what point of this, Daz, would you start to say this borders on uh what do they call it? Bilocation where you feel like you're actually there because you're drawing an X almost like you're there in the scene, uh they're witnessing it almost like in a dream, and then you witness the thing going by like a it's, spectator. It's close, it's, but um, I've never really experienced that because I'm I'm quite hardcore in the way that I keep to my keep to my structure. I don't allow myself to to do that. But other people have been known to uh, feel like they're totally at the target. That's usually my mistake because I'm not trained. I'm usually like, where am I? <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'm quite yeah. rigid in in the way I yeah I follow the the structures. I probably need your help with that. So <laughs> probably good. We're talking. 
Okay, so all right, so we've got this thing. Uh, you witness it go by. Yep. Session. Uh, okay, so you see, you're describing it noisy, moving air, and vibrating. Yeah, uh, uh, and I feel like you know, because it's going past me so fast in the downward angle. I'm, uh, for a second there, I'm thinking, oh, I'm, we're going to see a crash here or something. Uh, but we obviously don't. But yeah, that's that's the impression that came in straight away. Is wow, this is moving downward so fast it could crash. So then I key myself again. I say, say to myself, okay, let's follow the object structure and see what it does. And right. here's my sketch of this. So you can see that I've sketched that the objects in a downwards motion, straight down in, a, in an erratic movement. Uh, and I actually wrote here splash down as well, because I actually uh, felt that this actually goes to uh, uh, goes into the surface. Uh, and I wrote there at the bottom, this feels like a structure, a man-made that is high above the surface. Then it, Oh, I can't read it. I, I need you to scroll it up a little bit. Then it descends under the surface, I think I wrote there. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, downward motion. I just yeah. wanted to address one thing really quick because we've got a whole flood of debunker comments about uh, remote viewing and stuff just saying, oh, they've proven remote viewing wrong. There's been people no. that say it's not real. Okay. So first of all, the last couple of shows I've done, I did one about the rubber duck UAP incident over the border patrol with New York UAP, Andy, yeah. that stuff that came out. And I, I think that there, I'm just going to say this, that there are literally infiltrated dif disinformation profiles and even people that come onto these shows and into the comments section to say this stuff because Obviously, the government has put tons of research and funding and got involved yeah. in the Stanford research. And this stuff is ongoing. And so for those of you that are like trying to debunk and say that it's not real, the government still uses this as part of their protocol. So, yeah. For the skeptics out there, read these scientific books. They're, these are the entire Stargate archives. They're all scientific documents for some of the top scientists in the world. And that's how much information is there documenting remote viewing over a 24-year period. Yeah, and how come there was uh, remote viewers as part of the Stargate program that were awarded medal medals and military awards for their critical involvement in yes. providing details in yes. completing military Absolutely. operations, finding missing persons, uh, yep. counterterrorism incidents, you name it, and it's still going on. Whether they like to admit it today, I think it's still going on today. And I think when Ingo Swan his last years, I think he secretly formed a team and didn't tell anybody uh, for the government, but I've seen nothing to prove. I've seen nothing to warrant that, but I've heard rumors and people uh, literally the last few weeks, I've had some people that claim to have some inside knowledge in indicating and hinting to me that there was some kind of uh, other black project, but I have nothing solid on that other than hearsay. Right. At this stage. But, you know, just to add to what you're saying, there's more than enough evidence now to prove that remote viewing works. But we have to be honest, it doesn't work 100% all of the time. You know, there are nothing, a lot of people that don't get 100% accuracy. Nothing does. We're, we're relying upon predator missile strikes, drones, and AI that are not even as accurate as the remote 
viewing data and are hitting civilians all over the place. And so yeah. to sit there and trying to throw it under the bus based on that is foolish. We're dropping bombs based on less information. So I don't understand that argument. That doesn't make sense to me. But yeah, this is a good point. There's a point in time when scientists and doctors said that smoking cigarettes and spraying DDT on kids was healthy too, <laughs> right? So uh, I think that there really is people that flood into these shows when we start talking about this stuff because they want to control how uh, this information is released and who knows it and how and we start talking about consciousness and spiritual stuff and meditation and remote viewing as, uh, and having this valid conversation. Yeah. It, it freaks certain people out. They don't like yeah. it. Yeah. There are, the, there are a lot of people out there uh, that are in uh, jobs and industries and government positions that don't want the general population to know and understand that we all have the power to take control and do this kind of thing with a little bit of work. They, you know, they don't want everyone to know that because once everyone does, then they lose the power that they think they have over us. Yeah. And, they, and people need to understand that even just in the CIA here in America, there's like 11 different groups of the CIA and the NSA has like, like eight different factions and sub compartments and even they don't all talk to each other. So who knows? I mean, you have to assume we get talking about this stuff and somebody's somebody out there is assigned to come over here and troll us, but you just have to not worry about it. And <laughs> hi, have a laugh and keep going. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> so this is really cool. So, all right. So you see this thing flying, uh, downward. And then motion. I see it splash. I see it splash down to the surface. Yeah. And I feel it goes underneath the surface. So, and disappears. Uh, so this makes me think, oh, hang on, I need to describe this a bit more. Because, you know, you don't often talk about, even in, in the handful of UFO events I've done in the past, I never actually have one that goes underneath a water surface. So, yeah, I thought I'd ex explore that a bit more on the next page. Okay. so uh, And I did write here as a note at the top uh, that I felt conflicted because uh, there felt like there's a loss of life at this target. And I don't know if that's because I saw it hurtling down or not. Um, so that might just be a bit of noise, if I'm honest with you. Okay. Um, and I wrote there, I'm wondering if this is a past event argued over causing two scenarios. Because that's something in remote viewing, you see. If, if, if there are lots of media coverage or stories and myths about something, we can actually pick up on those myths in remote viewing and not really know if they're true or not. But I was kind of getting an indication that this has probably been argued over in the media and I might have been picking up some of that mythology there. You get a little bit of the static of the debate revolving around it, and that can kind yes. of blur, blurry the actual rea reality. Yes, but of luckily, I'm, I'm starting to, in remote viewing, be able to determine the slight difference in feeling in that data. That's why I, I noted that there. Right. Um, so here I've put, put a, a, another movement note to myself. So I said, move to the moment of surface impact and then describe. And then I have this, you know, this cylindrical object uh, moving uh, underneath a hard but fluid uh, area which was the sea and when it got there it went down in a motion which and then slightly came up a bit under the water so it went down further and then in an arch motion come up hmm. okay and i didn't follow it past that point i i guess now on reflection it would have been good to have seen what happened at that point but i i didn't i'm afraid so the pilots at the time, they assumed it went under the surface and then disappeared, which also, by the way, this whole incident, there was multiple craft over uh, several hours or maybe even a few days. Yes. So we're just getting like a glimpse of just this yes. one main target, which is really interesting. Okay, so it apparently went down and turned around and 
was watching them from under the surface. Something, something like that, yes. Uh, like that. What do I do next here? It says, uh, why a soft movement and then a fast descent? And so I'm trying to draw it here from its origin, and it was just flying about at first. And then where I got the X there, that's when something happened. And I wrote here underneath it, X, what happens here? And I felt like there was a clicking sound or some kind of siren or emergency or situation. And I feel, to be honest, that maybe the object was, you know, just doing its own thing, flying around. And I got a feeling, you know, and this is only a feeling now I'm looking at it in reflection, is that uh, maybe some of the ele electronic systems from the warships and the planes that interacted with it and then put it on an emergency status. And that's why it did the fast descent and, and went underneath the water. Mm. Very interesting. So there's some sort of a switch or a, a flip that occurs. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, so I wrote here at the top uh, a note to myself here. Okay, am I misinterpreting two things here? I need to break it down. So I'm trying to break it down here. So I knew that there's a soft fluid motion of an object in motion. Now that's the top bit. I love how in the brackets, this is like your internal Jarvis. Yes. Like a, yes. like almost like uh like Iron Man has yeah, like his Jarvis. <laughs> it's like like you're at fifty percent power, Daz. Let's back this off a little like so you almost have okay, which like is yeah. which maybe we can talk about that because when I pull my painting out, the space that I go in when I meditate, I use the gateway method, and as I meditate mm -hmm. up through different numbers, when I get to level seven or eight, my own subconscious dialogue becomes the voice of my craft, which is like a Tic Tac UFO. Yeah. And then it's like a Jarvis intercom. So I'm able to stay completely at, at neutral and zero in the middle. And any internal commentary or dialogue is kind of coming through the ship or through my environment. So very interesting. I, uh, I'm not to make this about me because this is, but no, well, it's, everyone's involved with this. I think, I think this, type of event maybe might have been planned for the media attention to change things from this point onwards like no, none of this is coincidental like even Absolutely. that we're like yeah. talking to bring all this together it's so yeah. fascinating to me okay yeah. so, so as i said here i'm trying to break this down into the smaller parts so there's there's a there's an object in motion there uh and then there's a small fast moving object uh, and then I felt a feeling that maybe there was, uh, if you scroll down a bit, there's another sketch, some kind of merge or collision, then descent. I couldn't quite work out what was happening, but I think essentially what I was trying to describe but wasn't very good at doing was I think I was trying to describe that the the airplane, you know, the people in the fighter jets were trying to track the, uh, the, the objects that they were happening. Mm. Uh, and I wrote there at the bottom, this could be a structure in motion in the air that collides with a smaller structure causing a rapid down motion, you know, so I don't really know what's going on at this stage. If, if I'm honest with you. Right. Which, I do honestly, this is, this is great because this is indicative uh, validating to me that you're blind to the target. You're not just like painting it out. Like it's the Tic Tac incident at this point, no. it's still neutral. Like, is this something getting hit with a torpedo or a missile or two things merging? Yeah. You're still completely unsure. Because I'm getting, uh, see, because I'm blind, all I'm getting is really, I'm getting these vague impressions of, oh, look, there's an object here, but oh, look, there feels like there's other things in the sky and they're moving towards each other, kind of. So, but it's very vague. And that's why on the next page, uh, I wrote there on top of there, uh, okay, this feels like uh, this, there will be some noise. This feels like an above ground event, uh, a target. 
uh, it ends at the surface level or below the surface. It's a smooth flowing motion and then a rapid descent. Uh, there's maybe more than one object here. One is small and one is large. Hmm. Maybe fatalities involved. Uh, a descent to the surface like water and parts felt like high-tech, exotic, interesting energies. Um, but parts of this feel muddy as if uh, debated or alternate theories. And I can feel these alternate theories. Hmm. And then I ended this one. And initially, this, this, the strange thing about this, tar this project I just worked with, I did this remote viewing session. I actually was going to chuck this one away because I was thinking, okay, I'm not sure if I'm on this. And that's why it didn't have a typed summary or anything, because literally I was going to throw this one away, and, and then I did another one straight afterwards. Fascinating. So you almost ditched, ditched all of this. Yeah, data. I almost ditched, ditched it all, because I thought I, I kind of thought to myself, because I was in pain that day, I was kind of thinking, well, it doesn't quite feel right. You know, It felt a bit confusing near the end. And that's why, if you can see right at the very last page of it, it's got a uh, an, unsmi <laughs> an unsmiley face. <laughs> I know. The self-doubt... Yeah, I was like, uh, that was that's me saying, okay, I'm not happy with this, you know. Uh, and I would literally was going to throw it. Um, and I met, I when I after I passed, after I passed a second session to the uh tasker, I said, by the way, I also did a first session and I wasn't going to give it to you, but I'll give it to you anyway, just in case. I'm well, I'm glad you saved it because that's <laughs> yeah, super interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so if we, so if we follow on down, literally uh, a couple of days later, because I was unimpressed by that one, I went back to it again, and this was my first official session. That's why it's got summary. But if we scroll past the summary, because you don't, you guys don't want to see that. Okay. okay. So again, look, this is this has got the date on it, so you can literally say it's literally two days later, and it says at the bottom that it's a redo because I thought I went on target, so I thought right, I'm going to do this again. Uh, and yeah, again, you can see at the top there. I feel yes. okay. But I hit my head and it was stinging. So you, I was in, you start I, taking care of yourself, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Doing some doing some decorating here. I I really damaged my head. Being you know not having any hair, it uh, damages easy. Uh, so I was in pain again. So I wasn't happy. But I thought you know it's work. You got to do your work. You got to get it done. So right, you work through it. Right. Okay. So, uh, so now I'm starting you're again here. Again. Okay. Yeah. So I'm looking at the target here, but I'm getting slightly different data this time when I'm looking at it. So straight off the bat, I get a life form. Hmm. Uh, and I feel like they're ecstatic uh, and they're high and they're in the zone with kind of like a meditative feel. So like they're, yeah, they're very kind of peaceful with this, but there's also an energy involved, which is flowing upwards and it feels esoteric and it's combined a blue and white energy. Hmm. And then I've got and this I, weird ideogram again here. And um, I notice how your ideogram is almost like a mirror, almost like you're seeing it from the, opposite side is the earlier session that yeah it's it was going to the left and now you're going it's completely different this type of video i know from the middle part of the ideogram that it's involving a life and that's energy so it's a it's, that's essentially for me a stick figure person with, with all this energy swirling around them in the center of this you uh yes this that, part from right the from the tail of the seven downwards, that's the head of the stick figure going down and then the stick down from that's the body and everything else is just energy and I know I this from from twenty four years of doing these. When so when you feel this intuitively, there's a being or entity there involved. Now. Yeah, I, I also asked a question. I say to myself, okay, it looks it looks like my visual language for life form and energy, but is it? And you know, right. he, he usually comes back yes or no for me, and then then I write down my impressions. Gotcha. Okay. So I wrote here: it's a life enclosed and surrounded by surrounded emitting uh, energy field. 
this feels like it's an explosive energy, vivid, impacting, but also healing. And it feels like a very spiritual. So it feels like a life form going for a, through a spiritual uh, process. And again, you can see it more clearly there now, that my stick figure of a life uh, with the energy around him. And I wrote there, this feels like it's a male, 30-ish, and they're in the past. Uh, and this feels like they are interacting. So it feels like there's a life, a male life form human interacting with a spiritual energy source. Mm. Uh, and I wrote there, this energy feels uh, like it emanates from him, but it's also not him. It feels sentient, alive, and separate. And, I, and of course, this gave me AOLs then. It almost feels like the Holy Spirit feel, and it also felt like an aura. What? Okay. <laughs> well, well, keep going. <laughs> yeah, to be okay. honest, I now that I know what the target is, I feel that, uh, I feel that what I was describing was the experience that some of the people that were involved in it went through and how it's changed them and the, for the rest of their life you know it's made them more spiritual definitely I, I know that sean cahill uh who was on the ship he is very into meditation now studies buddhism and hinduism uh practices definitely kevin day has had multiple even paranormal experiences all, a lot of these guys have had things happen that followed them home yeah. uh all sorts of different and it makes you wonder if it's like enhancing them as an individual like unlocking their yep. own uh abilities that interacts with the environment or if it's both. i think it's doing that and more i think you know the, the all the people that have watched the videos from it now all have a more open mind and a more of a spiritual way of being as well because for the first time we have, we're having definitive kind of evidence that we're not the only beings in the universe. Right. It's definitely impacted me. Uh, I mean, I can't even help. I will get into that here in a second, but this is as far as I got scrolling through from what you've seen sent me so far. I haven't. Oh, seen okay. Oh, well, you're in for a treat then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so again, this is a life form, you know, in, in energy there. I know that from my pictures. Yeah. So lots of energy there really big. So when you get this like swoop that crosses over almost like the head like that that's yeah yeah okay. my my ideograms for me have always been visual so i know what's happening and i wrote there you know this is energy in motion and it's subtle and sparkly and it feels like chi energy you know the the chi energy we get from the earth and from the body and from tai chi all that eastern mysticism type stuff and that of course that was quite and then that gave me a quite vivid picture which you'll see on the next page which i just had to i just had to get out of my head so that's that's why i did the color picture below Oh my gosh, dude. Okay. So this is me trying to draw the human being going through this spiritual transformation. And it felt like their entire chakra system was opening up and they had this huge aura around them. You know, it was like a total spirituality event for, for the, the, the people involved. Right. You literally drew all the chakra zones. In the and it's the first time. Like, yeah, it's, it's like a first person, person being meditating. Yeah, I think I think you know that's me trying to probably be symbolic of them going through a, a spiritual. You know, it's the way that I, the only way I could do it. And I wrote here, you know, I had this strong visual in my head, so I just had to draw it. At least, you know, even if it had nothing to do with the target at the time, I was thinking I have to draw this just to get it out of my head. You know, otherwise it's just going to sit there. You're are you certain it's not to do with the piloting of the craft? 
It could be. It could. It could be. You know, all this is is, is interpretive, and that's you. You probably have to put my data with the other people's data, and then get a, a bigger picture. I can only give you my impressions on it now that I know what the target is, um, because you know there there was this uh, feeling that the car, the craft was uh, driven by uh, yeah driven by psychic means by the mind, right. Yeah. By like a, a pilot basically doing this to control it. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's fascinating. So I tried to get back on track here and, you know, do another ideogram. And I got a life there and I know there there's an interaction. So there's actually, there's probably two life there. There's one, one above each other. And I wrote here uh, underneath it, just wow, a huge spiritual feel from this. A life is exposed to a life-changing spiritual type event situation, which, you know, when you speak to the pilots, they will all admit now they went, they went through a life-changing spiritual type situation so i think that's what was was happening there definitely yeah all of them uh, everybody involved has and everybody that witnesses yeah. it trying to understand it and yeah yeah so this is me going through the stage two stuff again so you know sounds textured smells so there's not a huge lot there just lots of stuff to do with uh electronic energy kind of thing lots of rainbowy colors lots of energy ozone smell again uh lots of wild receptive uh natural energies Yes, and you know, and I wouldn't get much. Uh, well, on the dimensions, actually, on the vertical, I got a horizon, uh, rising, and the horizontal, I had I had the word plane. I don't know what that means, but whatever you get in RV, you just have to write down, right? And I had yeah, I got an AOL there on the right hand side of time, so this all had an element of time as well. But you know, my feeling at the end of this here was I felt that this was a uh, you know I was actually watching a beautiful thing happen here. I was watching someone uh, start a, start a spiritual transformation journey. Right. Interesting. Uh, so then uh, here I'm moving to the target point of interest, uh, sketching, describing, full detail only. And then I move into my sketch below it there. And essentially I've just got a, a person and I wrote there, this feels like a life uh, covered in light energy. And I wrote the word blessed there because it almost felt biblical as well because it just felt like someone was having a real kind of like love type spiritual moment. Yeah, it was an, it was awakening, an awakening for them. And you have no idea if this is like a crewman or the pilot or the pilot of the. My personal feeling is that my personal feeling is it was one of the one of, yeah one of the pilots. Of one of the F sixteens or. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. You know, because they probably had a bit of a closed mind before, but this whole event changed. I feel changed and opened them up forever. So I was trying to look at this a bit more and I was trying to look at the hand of the person and they just had this, you know, it, they just have this real glow of energy and aura energy around them. You know, almost like they didn't have it before, but they, they do now that they've, you know, they're opened kind of thing. Right. And I wrote there at the bottom, a strong feel of seeing a hand, but with their light energy all around it glowing, you know, and I wrote there like a heater because I've seen heaters do this as well. And then right at the bottom here, this was a weird bit. Uh, I said, move directly in front of the target and sketch. And I just had this image in my head of Jesus, and I don't know why. Maybe because it just felt like a really amazing spiritual event that that just popped into my head. So I got a feeling that's noise, but I think it was just trying to symbolically show me the the spiritual changing event that this event had on had on the people involved. Dude, you should make these into T-shirts. 
That's awesome. <laughs> that's a terrible your... sketch of Jesus. No, it? dude, I love your Jesus. It's so cool. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great Jesus. I knew that was Jesus. Just look at how that's Jesus. How is there Jesus involved with the Tic Tac? But yeah, it's that spiritual presence. As I said, I think it's symbolic in this case. It's just like, because, you know, this kind of stuff so hard to get across in words and pictures to a remote viewer. It, it sometimes gets away and it gets across in whatever way it can. Right. And Michael corrected me, F-A-18s. Yeah, I've been saying F-16s, yep. but F-A-18s. Yes. Yeah. I should get that right because I, you never know if the pilots are actually going to watch this and they're just going, oh, yeah. you know, just get frustrated with me saying everything wrong. But, okay. Um, and then I got this weird sketch here and I wrote there, this is an interaction between two different energy sources, two different life forms. Mm. Um the top one is more angelic feeding and the bottom one was more human. So I think I was just picking up on their energy signatures here. And, you know, I'm just trying to describe again there that behind the scenes of this whole event, there's this definite spiritual awakening thing happening. Hmm. Almost like uh, two spiritual souls interacting or looking at each other. It feels yes. Like, yeah. Very yes. interesting. Okay. So I'll try, I wrote there in the brackets at the top energy. So I'm thinking, okay, if there's an energy, let's have a look at this. Uh, and I just wrote there, it's fuzzy, electrical, and alive. It's blue-white fizzing, uh, and it dissipates, and it comes from above, and it's all-encompassing. And then my notes here were, it's a creative, spiritual, good and wholesome, positive feel. It's esoteric, like an energy, but it's also alive, so it's an energy being. It feels yeah. like a human life is being inspired or nudged or helped by a higher thing. Are you are you Christian, Daz? Uh, I'm not. I'm. I, I don't really have. A, if I have a religion, I would say my closest religion would be <laughs> the the Jedi's of the after Star Wars one because I believe in the Force that that it goes for everything in the universe. So this and connects everything in the universe. That's so fascinating. It just occurred to me that you would that AOL with Jesus, but not even as a Christian. Uh, another interesting. To be thing. honest, it might yeah. it might be because one of the only times I felt amazing spiritual energy within 25 years of remote viewing was in a session where I was tasked to look at Jesus dying on the cross. Really? So maybe it might have something to do that. It might be a personal kind of slant on it. So yeah, as I wrote here at the bottom there, uh, a human being is being inspired, uh, nudged or helped by a higher thing. So yeah, it feels like behind the scenes here, even though we didn't know it at the time or maybe, Oh, well, we didn't know it. Uh, some kind of spiritual events happening to to change the people involved in this event event gotcha and i wrote here on the next page i almost feel in uh intrusive like i am being uh, allowed to see an amazing and personal event and i feel honored in this a real sense of an ancient energy past owed angelic in nature uh not alien but not human either so i tried to ask what and i had this weird sketch there and then i just wrote the words it's more than anything. And, you know, I got the NAOL uh, there of the force because it just feels like this connective kind of powerful force that was frightening the entire galaxy or universe that, that was involved in this. Obi Wan Kenobi, Daz. <laughs> That's who this is. <laughs> it looks a bit like him, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the force does relate, though. And people don't know this, but George Lucas is a Buddhist. He claims that as Buddhism is his faith and he took a lot of those ideas from yes absolutely uh, the, the legends of this what is it the seven samurai which is like yep. a, 
Buddhist. Eastern mythology with the chi, you know, they believe in the chi energy that moves through the body, comes from the earth. I believe all that as well. I believe everything in the universe is, is connected. That's why remote viewing works. I think so too. Arthur Young, the inventor of the Bell helicopter, uh, he was involved. He did a lot of consciousness studies before yeah. Bob Bigelow did. He had the Institute for the Study of Consciousness. And he talked about that like below when you, if science probes below all the subquantum levels of the physical realm, below all that, you just have intention and purpose and consciousness yeah. and awareness, and that's it. And everything is just comes from that, uh, yeah, that uh, blanket of energy underneath there that is us, really our awareness Absolutely. of it. It's really yeah. fascinating. So you see think, this as a the an AOL as the feeling of the force involved. In yeah, this, it just yeah. felt like this huge force that was you know that I know that pervades everything in the in the universe kind of thing. Yeah, which you know people are looking for, and pro it's probably what we call in in physics quantum entanglement or dark energy or something like that. Right. Okay. And all that force stuff led me to do this sketch, which is like this huge downwards beam of energy or or something from from space or above and i wrote there a feel of energy dang from above with a heavenly feel and it's inspired and touched and then at the heart of this was this energy was this you know tic-tac shaped object wow uh this is me probing the life here uh so i feel that you know this is all happening to a male it was in the past from when i was looking at it and it was all about being wise and a transfer of knowledge and this will affect change and it will spread. Um, and this involves a life in the past, involved in an event, involving energy from the universe that inspires the life and starts them on a transformational process, which is all about change. I've heard this before, too, even about uh, the Roswell crash. The people around the Roswell incident say like they feel like the crash itself was almost in, an intentional plant or a seed that heard in that order is. in order to spark a bunch of innovation and and things like that and that's sort of how it works like things are just seeded into our awareness and as we wrestle possible, to yeah, yeah it's really yeah. interesting so i tried to look at the source here um and it said it's above it's everywhere it's universal it feels like a language or a sound a resonance or a vibration it's it's about all about energy light and motion and i wrote there feels like a soft whisper and an aol of god hmm. um and just some final notes here it feels like a past event a beautiful thing an interaction between a human life and something much larger elusive and non-physical a force an energy a beacon light from above downwards it's everywhere aol of love there it's hmm. akin to seeing someone glow from being inspired and finding their purpose in life, almost spiritual, religious feel to this, energetic, peaceful, and fulfilling. So I sent those two sessions to the tasker, and the tasker was like, whoa, you got so much information. Could you go back to some of your sketches and describe? So this is where oh. I then finally, this is my last bit of remote viewing where they say, okay, on something like page 11, you drew a sketch. Can you tell me more about that kind of thing? Gotcha. So you went back a third time. I went back a third time, yeah, and looked at the sketches, and then got here, uh, this was motion-focused, direct and driven, and it was a vehicle. And then I tried to look at it again, and, you know, it's just a redo of some of my earlier sketches, really. So the downwards motion again there. 
uh, and more downwards motion again here. And I feel it's fast propelled, fueled, and it's using an engine. Uh, and I wrote here, this feels like some kind of remote controlled function. It mm. feels like an object under control. And I had an AOL of a drone there. It felt not uh, that it wasn't piloted. The oper- operator feels that it's a distance away from it. That's why I feel it was like mind driven, this, this thing. Hmm. On the next page there, I start off with, this feels like an autopilot type process. And you can see I've got this wiggly line of, uh, of an object in a, in a downwards kind of motion there. And, and I wrote there, yes, this feels aimed, driven, directed, or piloted remotely. So I tried to ask who, and I had a, a feeling that it was a male, 25 to 32, Caucasian. And this is where it started going a bit weird. Because uh, I had all this stuff like it feels had it had like a military feel to this, like green uniforms, um, almost like jumpsuits. Like on the next page, there when I went went for more, I said it was male, green dress, feels like a uniform, like a jumpsuit. To be honest, I'm starting to describe here lots of things like a dark environment with lots of computers. On reflection, knowing what the target is now, well, I didn't at the time. I think I'm picking up some of the people on the ship here, you know, in the control room that were looking at it with all their computer yeah. monitors. That's that's it. Now I know what the target is. That's what I think I was describing at the time, but I just didn't know that's what I was describing. Cause I even, uh, cause what was the guy you said? Cause I even got the name Sean there. The uh, Sean Cahill. Yeah. I mean, he was working there go, right. as, a, got... as a deck operator on the yeah. ship and he went through massive spiritual transformation after the incident uh had spiritual things occur to him yeah. at home well there you are they're one of the people one of the people involved yeah and i got there that they're a military person and i got the name s and then i made that into sean or sean lee uh so that was one of the people so that's what i think i'm i think you know my my mind's gone to the ship now and is and it's kind of like talking about the people on the ship that are involved in this mm. And on the next page there, I say there are at least five to eight other people there. Uh, they're all uniformed. One to two of them might be female. Uh, this has an IT computer tech feel to it, like a controlled observation unit point. And it feels clandestine. So it felt like, you know, yeah, secret kind of, I was in a secret room watching all these computer screens and they were having a look at the situation. On the ship deck or on the submarine or the Princeton yes. or something. The Nimitz something like Princeton. that. Yeah. That's what I feel is picking up on. This is just me looking at the word clandestine to try to get more information about what that actually means. So, you know, I was just breaking it down there into more little secret bits like secret, black ops, dark, spying, technology, USA. So, mm. yeah, it's just a bit more information data there. So I'm moving back to the motion and refocus in here, and you can see me swirling downwards. And again, I felt it was flowing high tech. It was a new secret technology. Um, and then what did I write there? Energy feels dynamic. Uh, that was interesting. If you go up slightly, um, I felt the energy felt dynamic and it was pulled from the air. Uh, there were no wings, but it may have had small fins. It was aerodynamic sleek and it was a secret tech. Hmm. Uh, and then I broke down the word UFO to try to get extra information. I got things like smaller craft, driven, piloted, exotic propulsion, drone, speed, agility, direction, flow, pace, technology, shape, form, uh, movement from above uh, in the atmosphere on, on that one. 
I mean, you're literally like UFO. <laughs> yeah. And then all yeah. the possibilities. Yeah. And then I moved here. It said moved uh, to the page 11 drawing. So this is the instruction I was given to look at the page 11 drawing. And I wrote there underneath, it feels like two things, maybe a smaller piloted drone like object, which is high tech and a larger cylindrical, less techie vehicle uh, feels like it has a cockpit. And this feels like it's a plane. Uh, and I tried drawing the plane there. Obviously, that's not a, you know, a fighter plane, but that's that's just what came in, you know, came into my head. I wouldn't even know how to draw a fighter plane if I'm honest with you. <laughs> that's pretty good though. That's a that's a good plane. But I mean, you um, can tell the difference between the Tic Tac and then the, the yes, shuttle, shuttle yes. or the man-made craft being. So at this stage, I I now know that there's there's definitely more than one. You know, there's a there's a high tech small object and then there's a plane there as well uh, there's a bit more detail here so there's the smaller object you know the a one there mm. and then there's the b object uh yeah and you can you can see the c plane object there as well so then again you have this idea of the merge or the impact aoling that yeah like a, a close flyby or an because interaction bearing in my mind all i see is a quick image of two objects approaching each other so your mind instantly goes oh my god they're gonna crash right right yeah. So okay. I wrote there, this feels like a past event with both a conventional and unconventional technology in the air and they're flying and it's observed by military intel people. So I now know that the people, there were people watching it, the military intel, which we know to be true now. There's me looking at the word clandestine there because uh, clandestine was in my session as well. So I just thought I'd break that down to get a bit more information there. And, you know, I got words like NSA and secure facility and stuff, stuff like that there. Right. And this is my last thing. Free forms, just where I just write any last bits that's in my mind that I want to get out. And I had some interesting words here. I had the words tachyons, ions, and ion engine. Interesting. And that's the that's the end of all my remote viewing sessions on that one. Wow. Uh, where do I even begin, Daz? How do you? I know it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of data. And as I said, you know there are three other remote viewers that had similar amounts of information as well. Okay, so maybe we can, uh, what you're allowed to talk about, of course, everybody should go watch that when it comes out. That's being put together in the, yes. uh, everybody's sessions that was involved, the other remote viewers, all of that's going to yes. get broken down and revealed. So if you want to go compare that, you can check the links and go do that. Uh, that's going to be coming out in the next couple of days. Is that right, Daz? Uh, hopefully I'll get it done in the next couple of days. Yeah, and I'll, you know, I'll pass you the links and then you can just, you know, chuck them out there if, you, if you'd like to do that as well. Will do. I'll check them out there, and then we can. Everybody can compare. So, what did you notice yep. then? That and that, to be honest, uh, if, did if you're interested at some point, um, maybe I can get the if if you've got the capability, I can get the entire team on to have a chat with you. That'd be amazing. Yeah, I would love to secretly do one where I maybe even task you guys, and then we do like the reveal all together or something. It would be really amazing, like with a a target that maybe I pick. But I would have to learn how to do that. Appropriately. Yeah, we'd so have to I show you. Yes, I, I would not want to mess target. up the tasking inappropriately yes. and then botch the entire thing. So I would yeah. have to to plan that yeah. out. We can definitely discuss that. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Okay, so uh, just I'm going to go grab my painting. Maybe okay. you can talk for just a second. Uh, it's just right over here, I think. Okay, what yep. uh, What was similar with the other remote viewers' results that you can speak to, and maybe what was different that adds to it that was kind of surprising yeah, yeah. to you and then i'll be right back in one second okay yeah 
Okay, well, I'm bearing in mind I'm I'm doing this off memory because I haven't seen I haven't got the paper sessions from the remote viewers yet. We only uh, looked at this literally a few hours ago, and I saw it for the first time. But generally, all four of us as remote viewers had uh, craft light stuff. Interestingly, some of the other remote viewers had data that indicated that involved in this at some level were probably some ancient structures uh, on the planet. Uh, and also, it looked like um, like I had with the energy from above. Everyone had this beam of energy in their da- in their data, um, and some of the data seemed to indicate that quite possibly the these beings that are interacting. I don't like to call them aliens, but these these beings that are interacting may be in some kind of underground place on Earth. Um, and there was even some really interesting. Uh, data from two of the remote viewers which was a bit more negative than my mum was quite positive they also had a slightly negative take on this with uh and i have to be honest in this uh, they were reporting deaths uh, maybe not at this event but you know from these life forms that are interacting uh they were reporting deaths um looks like genetic manipulation and uh death yeah genetic manipulation and what even looks like what we've seen in, in UFO lore, a, a hybridization kind of program that's going on in implants and all that kind of stuff. Really? Yeah. So you actually saw more classic UFO. Uh, some of the other people saw two, like- two of the remote viewers. Uh, the other remote viewers did describe classic UFO stuff with human abductions, mutilate. And, you know, I would say some of the, so the evidence was deaf stuff and some of it was, you know, there's some one of the viewers did see uh, uh, a female human uh, being, uh, yeah, I would say, uh, mutate, mutilated, and and samples and and stuff taken taken from that life form, and also another female in stages of you know some kind of, I would say, hybridization program, uh, maybe you know with an implanted pregnancy or, or something like that. I I don't want to jump to conclusion, but that's the kind of thing that was indicated. Hmm. And this speaks to like kind of how you were saying everybody gets a different slice of the puzzle or a different piece yes. of it, a yes. different perspective. It looks like a lot of your remote viewing data that came back had to do with just the environment around the craft, the interaction between yes. the pilot and the crew members and then the ship Absolutely. itself kind of like as a, an external point of view, almost like a fly on the yes. wall. But then other people might go into the craft and the intention of the beings inside. Absolutely, followed them back in some way to where they, you know, where they're originating from in their in their local, you know, capacity. Yeah, you know, so maybe some underground base, uh, maybe in in the vicinity of some of these ancient sites, kind of thing. That's what was indicated in in the RV data. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, let's see. I'm going to share my screen here. Okay, so I actually, I couldn't find the painting, but I do have it on Instagram. I painted painted this a while ago. (laughs) So I do the gateway method and I found myself entering in this meditative realm, like a tic-tac shaped craft. And then from the inside, going through a protocol of meditation and then sort of transcending into this cloud space. And then this is sort of like how I feel, almost like an energetic dna helix that sort of can come out and astral project or remote view travel around but this is like sort of like my containment bubble where i do a lot of things it's very interesting so when i saw that the meditative stuff and the chakra symbols and the tic tac and the 
conscious control of flight. Like I'm not afraid to share all this stuff and get weird with it. Cause I think it's all connected in some sort connected. Way. Absolutely. Yeah. That, to be honest, the, your, your painting is very similar. I would say to, you know, I had all these ideograms of, of a life form in, uh, in, in energy and stuff. And that looks like a, you know, just for me being a visual person, it looks like a life form at the top there, uh, encompassed in, in energy and stuff. So, yeah. So I like go, I start like in just this empty space and then I find myself going into a realm that fills enclosed. Like yeah. I'm going inside of a bus or almost like a camper, but it's very big inside. Uh, and then it's kind of feels like a capsule like this. And in yeah. there I do a lot of spiritual work. And then Excellent. after I, yeah. I reach a certain point, my subconscious goes out like a yeah. overlay like Jarvis. And then, yeah, this would be like me, my awareness coming out like, as a yeah. projection of that really interesting but yeah. yeah that's amazing and i've always said this to people in all my talks and and you know when we when we talk about this stuff i truly be because i'm a creative person i'm a graphic designer that all my where i get my creativity all my ideas and inspiration in my design work comes from the exact same places where the remote viewing stuff comes from so it's probably the same with you with your creative process in that painting as well it's fascinating i need to learn more remote viewing <laughs> and learn how to do it for for real because it just feels like a artistic visionary kind of creative experience yep. i'm having you know and a lot of you know a lot of the uh a lot of the remote viewers out there are very creative people like niam who works with me is uh he's a very accomplished mu musician as well i don't know if, if you've seen any of his music it's, it's fantastic work i myself do you know lots of photography and right sketching and all that all that kind of stuff all, all my life and many of the other remote viewers yeah yeah have artistic pursuits as well it's fascinating it some, has something to do with that tapping into that part of the awareness yeah. and, and i'm absolutely that, that flow state you know i'm absolutely sure it's exactly you know when, I, when i'm trying to find the logo for a client and i'm trying to come up with it in my head i'm sure that that information that inspiration comes from the exact same places where the, the rv stuff comes from hmm. So Daz, we've been going here for about a, a, an hour and a half, but I want to spend some time here. What, okay, yep. Really quick, what do you think is the Tic Tac? Do you think after remote viewing it and looking at the sessions, this idea of it being conscious and aware, is it a UFO from another planet? Is it uh, like a, a formed single cell life form from deep space? Uh, what I mean, how do we describe this? What is What is it? Yeah. Well, it's definitely there's definitely a technology from you know if I go on the RV data and the uh, and also the the video footage, uh, it's definitely solid. It's definitely physical. Um, my impressions were that it was it wasn't piloted uh, or it was piloted remotely, um, but I also felt that it had a sentience about it, and I and I uh, and I feel it's because the craft and whoever pilots them are are symbiotic in nature so they you know they are really connected almost like living energies off 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 each other and i don't know how they do this but i think i may have talked about this in some kind of uh in in the chats view i i i think that the craft themselves are are almost like a living craft and maybe maybe it's incorporating the dna of, of the pilots on the people into the craft itself so you know this symbiotic connection is 
is yeah a two-way street you know some kind of telepathic mind mind linkage thing that's going on there is it's very hard to put into words but yeah it's like the craft is is a craft but it's also has a sentience to it that's linked to an uh, a life form and i can't at this stage from what i've seen tell you if they come from another planet or whatever there there's no data there that indicates anything like that other than they're they're extremely high tech and they they seem to have a dual purpose because uh, I picked up that the the events were spiritual for the people involved uh, and I guess they were in this case because we didn't hear or we haven't heard any reports of any of the pilots being abducted in you know mutilated or or being touched in any way but we do know from UFO lore that these type of entities from from that are interacting with us have done that in the past so I can understand why the other viewers picked up on that right. So you're saying it's complex, the, and, and this has come up before. I mean, Paul Smith mentioned this in the interview that I did with him when he saw uh, a craft or remote viewed uh, a target that was on the backside of the moon. He yeah. described a ship that was like a Tic Tac UFO, and that when he viewed it, he felt like even though it was a past incident, that the ship itself was aware that he was remote viewing it at that time, mm-hmm. and that it was conscious and aware. Almost like a, like the ship itself is like a single cell organism that has a mind or an awareness or consciousness. Yeah, and- yeah, I would go along with that. It seems, it seems to be something like that, and it's it's very hard for us to put into words, you know, especially when we're remote viewing it because everything's a bit obscure from us. Um, but yes, I would I would say uh, there's a there's a symbiosis going on uh, between pilot or owner of the the craft and the craft itself, and the craft does feel uh essentially almost like a living i mean we're not used to this kind of thing it's almost like a living machine 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 that can be physical and non-physical as well i i I do believe that they can you know non be non-physical if they want to and we i don't know why we can't wrap our heads around this because even within our own body we have we have these highly complex uh systems we have cellular functioning like for example if you just looked at a mitochondria it would look like this highly evolved power plant system that looks like a tic-tac ufo that pilot itself around autonomously like a single cell organism almost within your own body and it carries fat cells out of your fat into the liver and processes energy and keeps your whole body alive and this is something you're not even aware of that does it on its own within your own self if we we look out into intergalactic deep space and we try to fathom evolution or or what the universe is even capable of over infinity up to now uh that these life forms that could come out of that and that could come and visit us that that have been interacting with us could be so infinitely complex or the variety you know we could see a whole swarm of craft come down over our nuclear powered naval vessels and really they're not that much different than deep space uh mitochondria or ribosomes coming down to our planet thinking that our radiation signals off of our nuclear facilities is some sort of energy source and making Mm -hmm. a mistake off of that signal getting confused in the interaction causing our own minds and our antenna to enhance and we have they have paranormal experiences because of that interaction and then they're gone or yeah or or they're they're part of our reality right alongside of us i think so yeah it's a 
again, it's it's complex. You know, remote viewing can only give hints at the picture um, that, that's emerging. Uh, but interesting hints is, but some of the uh, something I will say is some of the other remote viewing data from, from the great team involved in this. Uh, I indicated in mine that it seemed to be like the energy source was pulling, uh, pulling something out of the air to use his energy. The other, uh, the other remote viewers also had some really interesting data and sketches. And again, you'll see this when we put it out there of, of some kind of filtering or some kind of sucking something from the air to make to make the propulsion system. Like it's just pulling uh, free energy out of the environment in order for the it might be because like uh, some one of the viewers uh, I can't remember which one I think it might have been Darby uh, I think it was Darby and Niam both independently uh, drew and described these little sp- tiny little sparkles of energy. So yeah, but you'll get to see that when you see, see the everyone's remote viewing on this. Okay, well everybody should uh, look forward to that uh, and. The new remote viewing sessions coming out. Where can everybody check that out, Daz? Is that going to be um, out a remote view? It would or? be on my yeah, be on my uh, remote viewed uh, YouTube channel. Uh, that would be that be where main it, part of it is, and you know the description will link to all the paper remote viewing sessions as well. And I'll I'll let you have the link for that in a, in a couple of days. Awesome. Okay. Well, I do have the link uh, over to your YouTube channel already down in the Excellent. in the description yeah. box below. So if everybody goes and subscribes, there. it'll be there. They can follow you over on uh, Facebook uh, yeah. and all your groups there. And also if you're interested in cryptocurrency trading and you'd like some insight in future markets and get ahead on that and have some inside track, check yeah. that out as well. Any other future projects or anything that you want to plug before you go, Daz? Um, no, I think that covers most of it. Other than I just, I'm just finishing a trial this week with ARV, which is what we discussed earlier. Um, looking at trying to predict markets and stuff. And it's a new technique and people in the past, haven't had a very good accuracy rate. It's been, you know, around about 60, 70% on, on average of doing this. I'm just finishing a 10, uh, 10 trial test on this where uh, using a new technique where we're actually at hundred percent accuracy at the moment. With a, with just a tweak on the current method, you've got it up to 100%. just a tweak on it. Yeah. Um, uh, but bear in mind, you know, it's only an initial small trial of 10 trials, but over 10 trials that are trying to predict uh, different cryptocurrency markets over the last uh, four months uh, were at 100% accuracy. So that's going really well. So that will be out soon as well. I will publish that that trial and all the data flat, and then people can take it and do what they want with it and run with it as well. That's the other thing is that you guys are putting all that data out there, putting the results out there. Even if you're yeah. just a skeptic and you want to try and go debunk the stuff and you want the data – Daz and his friends and team are not hiding any of that. So you can go check it out yourself, get the market analysis, get the predictions and then go and validate it yourself. How, you know, double, double check it on your own. If you don't believe it. I mean, that's what got me down this rabbit hole. Everybody likes to say, Oh, here comes the wizard. Whenever Carl comes on the podcast, I'm the woo woo (laughs) guy. I'm always, but honestly, when you get Danny Sheehan, you get people from the Pentagon, you get uh, former CIA officials, you get people that were there on the Nimitz craft, everything that you're saying in the remote remote viewing session today, uh, it, it fits with the story. It doesn't fly in the face of it or anything. So I don't know what they're criticizing. I don't understand. They just don't understand how the system works, what you guys yeah. are up to. Do I see it? You guys are pioneers in this field, pioneers of consciousness and understanding reality and and time itself and our relationship with all of that, trying to. And uh, 
I'm fascinated to learn more, Daz. I yeah. Well, we can help you out in that in that degree as well. Yeah, when you're ready. <laughs> Definitely, and let's have you back on again. Uh, you guys are going to be doing more sessions coming up. Absolutely, yeah. fascinating ones that everybody's interested in. Uh, as I said, if you if you want to try to get the whole team on or something, I'm happy to do that. Cool, man. Well, thanks so much, Daz, and everybody who joined us over in the chat in the comments today. It's really awesome getting you guys' involvement and participation. Yeah. If you want to check out Daz's work please click the description link down below and go go support it. Uh, it needs your help. And you guys are going to be fascinated and blown away when you go check it out. So yeah. until then, you guys, uh, we will see you in the next one. Take care.